Namaste. Prayers and meditations in this continuing series. Today we shall read this prayer dated August 2nd, 1913. Now a number of prayers of the mother are related to outer circumstances and inner state. Because these two are interconnected. We think that they are not interconnected. Very often there are people who say, Oh, my outer circumstances are so difficult. Why God has put me into these circumstances? Is it my past karma? How can I change it? How can I change my situations? Etc. Etc. The mother reminds us in one of the letters, she says, Outer circumstances are a clumsy way of expressing what is going on inside us. So, it's not exact word, but this is the essence, that they are a clumsy way of expressing our inner consciousness. They are actually a means for our progress. So, whatever is happening inside us, that expresses itself, it objectivizes itself in the means of outer circumstances. We will see this sometimes even in our relationship. So, a person with one particular human being will have one kind of relationship, but the same person with another person will have a different kind of relationship. So why is it so? Because the world is like a mirror. And all our different parts come out in contact with the world, with different people. So this world often is a way of the divine, or rather the divine hidden behind nature, working through the yoga maya as a veil. It tries to show us something which we are not able to see within and not able to direct our attention to. So here this prayer is in the context that possibly the mother wants to serve the divine. Now it's very interesting that we think serving the divine means I have to be either in a uh, ashram or in the society or join a center or Auroville or some such place. But divine service is actually everywhere in every circumstance of life. When we are eating, we may serve the divine by our attitude, by invoking certain things. Which, you know, when we are doing some everyday activity, taking our walks, the mother says the very presence of a person who is in contact with the divine is something so beautiful, something so important because such a person always brings around himself or herself a radiance of the divine forces. So by the very fact that such a person exists, the person may be just taking mother's name. It's well... I can't say just taking mother's name because taking mother's name is the ultimate. It is a gift of grace. But the fact that one is taking mother's name becomes at once a service because he draws into his atmosphere all the divine forces, the radiant forces. He may be outwardly doing nothing and yet it is a divine service. Sri says that when you realize that a yogi sitting on the mountain top doing nothing is yet moving the hemispheres is yet determining the events. And then he gives the example of the French Revolution that a yogi in the Himalayas dreams of freedom and there are armies and revolutions take place and people clash. Um, there is a very interesting story of the mother when she was in France after meeting Shurabindo when she goes back. She says it was very difficult to stay there. One of the reasons why she had to go to Japan was because... Um, because of a mere presence, revolutions, revolutionary things were springing up. And 
if she would have been present it was drawing into the earth all kinds of forces of all kinds sometimes some of them to attack the divine mother because you know she is the jagajani and these forces no at one place he says that people who have been very close to me uh, they are attacked by these forces and for a certain reason right from childhood she kept near her some of those very close to her outwardly near to her physically close to her they were asuric beings the same thing should have been the same because they came for conversion so she had to move away because it was inviting lot of attacks because they knew these forces knew who is the real center of creation so this is one second she says that many times within um, within india when she was in india also her very presence was drawing the force of kali in the atmosphere to destroy many things which are false terrible even now people uh, ask such questions why doesn't the divine destroy this country or that country it, the divine doesn't work like that because you can destroy a form the consciousness will still come up so she had come with a different plan with a different power she was armed with love so wherever a person is who is turned to the divine who is taking the divine name calling the divine there the divine work is going on and it doesn't matter whether the work is so called personal uh, or so called in a particular organization the divine doesn't care much about that yes organization institutions can be helpful but they can also be a hindrance because we may presume that just because i am part of an organization or an institution i am doing divine service but what is true true service how it can be done what should be the circumstances in which i can serve the divine that we will read today and it's so relevant and important for all of us especially in today's context when we want to serve the divine but we don't know how so every act as i said every relationship can be a means of serving the divine if in our relationship we can bring a drop of true love a drop of true understanding trust peace what are we really doing we are helping each other to grow godward can there be any service greater than that so we read today this prayer it's so beautiful and so revealing august 2nd 1913 she has not yet come uh, this the ashram is very far from even its inception she has not yet met shurabindo and she is there in with a small circle of friends Uh, with whom either there is uh, some kind of talks which are going on or uh, with a group of painters and she is painting she is learning occultism all this is happening so she writes as i cast a glance this morning on the month which is about to begin asking myself what was the best means of serving thee how beautiful this is we are beginning the month today and we can either think oh i hope this month the epidemic will vanish i hope this month we will not have a lockdown anymore i hope this month this may happen i hope this month that market may go up i hope this month my business will pick up but what is she looking forward toward the future when she cast a glance on the month that is about to begin what is it that she asks of herself she asks what is the best means of serving thee how can i serve thee lord and when she asks this question she hears the lord's answer 
It's so beautiful. I heard the small inner voice like a murmur in the silence. The divine voice is not like a thunder pushing us, forcing us. That is the titanic voice. The divine voice is always soft and gentle. It doesn't force us. Even though there is in that soft voice a divine compulsion, it never leaves us. One who has heard it, it is like a compulsion. It is also a power. But it's a very, very soft, gentle voice arising from within the heart. Uh, in a previous pa- uh, prayer, she speaks about this voice, which is soft. Um, you know, very beautifully she describes it. That uh, it's a very soft voice. It's a very gentle voice. It's like a gentle breeze. It's like a whisper. So, this is the voice she hears from within. And then, yes, so this prayer in which she describes the divine voices, this is prayer of June 27, 1913. Just one line we'll read. Thy voice is so modest, impartial. The divine is not partial towards, oh, I want uh, that something pleasant should happen to me. It may or may not be granted because the divine acts according to the dharma. Even when he saves his children, he doesn't do a dharma. He saves so that he gives us a chance to grow and progress. It's not a blind thing. So he keeps into account that impartial. It's not based on our preferences. If we want to hear this voice, we have to be really, truly without any preferences, without any uh, likes and dislikes. Sublime in its patience. So it is not like, do it at once, now. (laughs) So it's a voice which releases within us the energy of truth and that works over a period of time, we end up realizing what has been seen in one moment. As Shurabindo writes in Savitri, a word is spoken, a light is shown, a voice speaks, the ages toil to express. Sublime in its patience and its mercy. It is. It never asks us to do something which is beyond our capacity. It is full of mercy so that even when we are unable to follow it, it is still merciful, kind, compassionate and understands us. It does not make itself heard with any authority. It is not an authoritarian voice. Any potency of will, it is like a cool, soft and pure breeze. It is like a crystalline murmur that imparts a note of harmony to a discordant concern. This voice is always, always leads us towards harmony. Once when mother was asked that how do we know the divine will? She gives these conditions, equanimity, uh, absence of preferences and desires and likes and dislikes. But then she says, until you arrive there, Till then you must know that all that leads or tends towards harmony, unity, peace, light, sense of ease, that comes from the divine. And all that leads to division, discordance, disorder, confusion, darkness, unconsciousness is coming from the undivine. So this is the voice which she hears. I heard the small inner voice. This is the prayer we have come back to. Prayer of August 2nd, 1913. 
Here again she speaks of it like a murmur in the silence. We have to be attuned to hear it. And it said this to me. What does it say? See how small is the importance of external circumstances. It is really least important that this or that should be our situation. That we should be here or there. Anywhere we can be and if we want to serve, we will be given abundant opportunity to serve. Whereas we can be right in the heart of the sanctuary and we may not have the aspiration to serve the divine. We can just simply think that we are serving a community. We can think that we are serving the collective ego or we may think I am serving my head of department or whatever. Or I may serve for position, for satisfying my ambition, for popularity, whatever, hundred things. And it is not divine service. So important thing is attitude and aspiration, not the circumstances. So first thing the voice tells her is, see how small is the importance of external circumstances. Why strain and stiffen in the effort to realize thy conception of the truth? I have seen this often in center, in collective uh, places, religious, spiritual, uh, all kinds of places where everybody has their own conception of truth. And they want that things should be like their conception of truth. Well, each one has this own conception, but some conceptions at a given point of time will manifest. But the important thing is, Depending on our attitude when things take place, we will progress or not progress. Probably all these conceptions together are not truth. People think, oh, that happened, so that is truth. Not necessarily. But we can turn every event and circumstances into a means of our progress. But when we strain to realize our own conception of truth, sometimes people start pushing Thinking that this is truth and this is what must take place. This is what must express itself. Or they withdraw completely from work because they think, Oh, this is a place where truth is not taking place because they think their conception of truth is the only one. Well, all these conceptions of truth together, as long as we are living in fundamental ignorance, we are not united with the divine, are all relative. They are relatively true and relatively false. Relatively good, relatively bad. Relatively helpful, relatively harmful. At the same time, everything can be turned as a feeder, not to the ego, but to the growth of the soul within us. So, she hears this voice, Why strain and stiffen in the effort to realize thy conception of the truth? So what we should be? Be more supple, more confident. Suppleness is a quality which is indispensable for the supramental yoga. Anyone who is rigid, either in the thought or turns things into a narrow dogma or believes his own beliefs are the only one which is correct, things should be only like this or like that, is still very far from the supramental realization. So be more supple. But the problem is when we are supple and we don't follow that hard stance which we have taken, we lose confidence. So things don't happen according to my will, therefore they are going bad. No, be confident. Whatever be the appearances, however dark, ultimately the divine will carry us through all this towards the great goal. Look at Mahabharata, look at Kurukshetra and how the divine carries us through everything towards the great goal. 
there were people who didn't want this war to take place they think that if war didn't take place it would have been wonderful not necessarily the kshatriya ego would have become even more dominant the war was necessary because such were the conditions at that time equally we should not think that always war is necessary no it's an exigency it was needed at that point of time specifically today i was very surprised when i read a whatsapp where some poet is speaking about that shri krishna you didn't know love therefore you let humanity go through kurukshetra had he been a little more careful and looked inside he would have said that oh krishna you are the embodiment of love therefore you let humanity go through kurukshetra so that love can arrive love can take place in human heart which were till then torn with strong ego and violent ambitions and ambitions and titanic gigantic egos so it was necessary to clear that ground so that love can once again awaken in human heart love needs a ground that love is not human love that all is lovey dovey and you know okay i am good you are good let's be fine and let's make merry the divine love is very very different very very powerful so be more supple be more confident The only thing thou has to do is not to let thyself be troubled by anything. When we are troubled by appearances, then we are actually, even if we are doing the divine work, we are not doing the divine work. When we are complaining, when we are grumbling, when we are grudging, we are letting all kinds of adverse forces enter into us. That's what the mother has said. And if we want to keep these forces away. we should live in a state of calm and harmony fully confident in the grace know for sure that whatever may happen the grace will never fail us to torment oneself about doing good brings about as bad results as bad will we see bhishma what a dridh pratigya and he wanted always to do good what was his good i have renounced the throne what was the result mahabharata look at karna doing good no i have given my promise word to my friend duryodhana how can i turn away from my friend he forgot dharma he forgot truth and therefore his doing good led to again mahabharata so doing good our own understanding about good is very different from what is dharma what is truth and truth works simultaneously through many many things that are happening at a given point of time someone had asked once that everybody thinks that their own view is true so whose view is ultimately true well none of the above and all of the above simultaneously each one is true according to their own understanding their own state of evolution their own stage and therefore they are striving to realize it but equally each one is not true because we don't know what really is the voice of truth and the vision of truth in its totality in its integrality so why does the divine allow this allows this conflict because as shrivinda puts it in savitri the conflict that fathers our universe through this the universe is born new creation is born through the conflict and clash of forces we end up arriving at a higher harmony so while each one must be true to oneself we cannot take that approach that just because i am being true others are not true we don't know perhaps each one is striving to realize their own conception of truth 
though truth is far beyond all these conceptions all these viewpoints all these opinions and it uses all these things important thing is suppleness confidence calm and sincerity that is most important to torment oneself about doing good brings about as bad results as bad will oh i must always do things in a certain way which i think is good well always it may not be possible when we torment ourselves we become very stiff we become very hard it's like those kind of uh, you know sadhaks who become very rigid and hard inside because they have this idea that this is what divine expects them to be so they live according to certain ideas of the divine and they become in the, in an effort to discipline themselves they become very kathor almost to the point of cruelty which is so far away removed from what the divine wants instead the divine wants us to be supple to be calm and to be open towards him that is the message the mother gave to champakalal ji be simple be happy do your your work as well as you can remain always open towards me this is all that is asked of you so it is in the calm of deep waters that lies the sole possibility of true service if we are not calm we may think we are serving the divine but we are actually serving the ego so i'll read this portion again and then proceed or perhaps i'll come back to it and this reply was so luminous and so pure it carried in it such an effective reality that the state described was communicated without any difficulty so when we have this kind of communion with the divine it is not that the divine says and we follow his saying is not just an order and a command but something which compels us to be what he says so this is the state in which uh, which he experiences there is a power in the words of the divine which liberate us and give us the strength to do what we have been asked to do that's why when we read shurabindo's letters on yoga very often people don't read thinking shurabindo is difficult uh, first of all this is a very absurd idea but we'll not talk about that now important thing is when we read letters on yoga and sometimes shurabindo says that you know this is how your life should be and not this way the beauty is he is not just expressing it in a letter is giving us the power to live life like that so this what she experiences i seem to myself to be floating in the calm of deep waters always the divine voice brings peace and if we are troubled that means something is amiss within i understood i saw clearly the attitude which was the best so what is the best attitude and i have only to ask the o sublime master supreme instructor to give me the strength and the clairvoyance necessary to maintain myself constantly in this state so now she brings the gist of this state what she has been told we will read again then come back to that last sentence see how small is the importance of external circumstances why strain and stiffen in the effort to realize thy conception of the truth be more supple more confident the only thing thou hast to do is not to let thyself be troubled by anything 
to torment oneself about doing good things about brings about as bad results as bad will it is in the calm of deep waters that lies the sole possibility of true service and she summarizes it at the end child trouble not thyself silence peace peace